Support comes from Kenmore Air, offering getaways to charming Victoria, B.C. with daily flights. Just a quick 45-minute flight from Seattle to Victoria's Inner Harbor, from only $169 per person one way. Bookings available now at KenmoreAir.com. You're listening to Soundside. I'm Libby Denkman. In September of last year, officials with the King County Regional Homelessness Authority announced that a much-touted program to end homelessness in downtown Seattle was shutting down. Big tech sector names, Gates, Balmer, Amazon, had pledged $10 million to the effort. But within three years of its launch, Partnership for Zero was in shambles, and former employees and leadership were pointing fingers about what went wrong. The program's downfall left those private investors floundering and raised questions about the role of private philanthropy in fighting homelessness in Seattle. Seattle Times reporter Greg Kim has been following this story, and he recently published a big explainer on what went down, and he joins me now. Hi, Greg. Thanks for being here. Hi, Libby. Thanks for having me. So we're going to talk about two things here that I think get conflated sometimes. Those are Partnership for Zero and We Are In. What are those two things? And can you kind of describe their roles here so that people can understand the difference? For sure. Partnership for Zero was the newly created King County Regional Homelessness Authority's signature marquee project. And it was an effort to end homelessness uh, downtown first. They said, you know, let's let's focus on one geographic area first, create a blueprint for how to do it, and then we can reapply it in other places. Um, and that was a newer approach that excited um, a lot of groups, including in the ph- philanthropic sector. Um, so that's Partnership for Zero. We Are In was created uh, in the same timeline uh, in 2020 alongside the Regional Homelessness Authority. And it was supposed to be like the private sector counterpart to the Regional Homelessness Authority. And it re- represented groups, um, uh, not just the philanthropic sector, but, but the business community, uh, lived experience, advocates, uh, service providers. It was supposed to uh, represent basically all the other groups besides um, uh, public government. Um, and they were uh, really instrumental in uh, getting, as you mentioned, $10 million from a lot of these big uh, philanthropies and uh, corporations. And that would pass through We Are In, and then it would go to the Regional Homeless Authority for the Partnership for Zero project. Had there ever been anything like this in the homelessness space in Seattle to have these big private sector interests funneling money through a new organization that was going to kind of be a separate alternative agency to help fight homelessness in the area? Yeah. So those foundations like Gates, Balmer, Rakes, Microsoft, Amazon, they're not like completely new to addressing homelessness, um, but what they've really focused on in the past is youth and young adult or family homelessness, specific segments of the homeless population. And this was, I would say, their first foray into addressing street-level homelessness um, from a, a perspective of trying to get people who are chronically homeless off streets. Um, and so that was that was what was new in this endeavor. 
for example, in the past, they would do maybe youth shelter funding or, you know, for, um, you know, families getting families help who were unhoused. But this was really a targeted, specific street level homelessness program that that was different. Um, and, Greg, you write that the program got off the ground pretty quickly. We are in didn't follow the typical structure of a nonprofit organization. How did they move so f- quickly? How did they move so fast? Yeah, and I just want to uh, clarify the distinction between Partnership for Zero, that project to end homelessness downtown. It did not get off the ground particularly quickly. It was actually criticized for getting being very slow, right? Yeah. Um, but we are in uh, did want to get off the ground very quickly um, because they wanted to get that private uh, donation funding. Uh, and paying for the Partnership for Zero project very quickly, right? They wanted to pass that funding through um, so that it could act, so that Partnership for Zero could get off the ground. And what they did um, to in that rush um, is uh, instead of incorporating We Are In as a tax exempt 501c3 nonprofit that could handle its own finances, handle its own staffing, they took on what's called a fiscal sponsor. And that's basically they found another nonprofit to handle those aspects uh, for them. So then they found a fiscal sponsor, which is another organization that would handle its finances, handle its HR. And that was kind of a shortcut they took to be able to pass that money through to Partnership for Zero more quickly. And they say that saved them, you know, maybe more than a year of, of administrative time. Mm. But it kind of planted some seeds for chaos later, which we're going to talk about in a minute. What did We Are In and Partnership for Zero actually end up doing downtown? Was there any service provided to unhoused folks in that area before everything fell apart? Yeah. While Partnership for Zero was slow to get off the ground, that money primarily paid for staffing for the regional homeless authority to hire people. They called them systems advocates. And these staff would um, try to navigate people off the streets of downtown um, and into housing. They were successful in getting hundreds of people into housing um, using these resources called rapid rehousing vouchers. And that would pay for people's um, uh, market rate uh, apartments for a year or two. Um, and so that that's primarily the impact that Partnership for Zero had. Whilst um, it has shut down as of September, um, there are still hundreds of people who used to live downtown on the streets who are currently in uh, market rate apartments. When did the cracks start to show, Greg, with We Are In and Partnership for Zero? What went wrong? I mean, when did the signals start to say this is not going to work? Yeah, whilst the collapse of Partnership for Zero and we are in are likely linked. Uh, they are kind of distinct events. Um, we saw a partnership for zero, um, you know, be criticized for being slow to get off the ground. Um, we had uh, kind of a hotel shelter fiasco where um, some of the shelter units that uh, the regional homeless authority was using to house people off the streets in downtown. Uh, that whole program collapsed and the regional homeless authority and its leadership was involved in finger pointing. Then we saw Mark Dones resign. 
in May of last year. And the former head were, of the King County Regional Homelessness Authority, yeah. Yes, thank you. Uh, and Dones was the chief architect of that Partnership for Zero project. They were the one who was rallying everyone around this. Um, and so with their departure, you know, uh, there, there was a little bit of lack of uh, a leadership in dry, uh, driving that project. And then, you know, uh, for a lot of reasons, <laughs> including what's, what I already mentioned, uh, the authority shut down the Partners for Zero project in September. So that's what happened on the King County Regional Homelessness Authority side. So the public sector side, uh, there's uh, dysfunction and collapse of the Partnership for Zero project. What about the private sector side? What happened with We Are In? Yeah, so uh, likely the Partnership for Zero collapse probably played into um, We Are In struggles as well. Um, but independently, staff at We Are In were raising complaints about their leadership. It seems likely that uh, We Are In's leadership and its fiscal sponsor were having issues uh, between each other. Um, and all of that, and, and I'm sure more will come out uh, on this in the future, but um, as a result of that, we are in fiscal sponsor building changes, began an investigation into we are in's leadership, fired them. Um, we are in found a new fiscal sponsor, uh, and they started transferring money over to that new fiscal sponsor. But then in January, the new fiscal sponsor furloughed the remaining staff of We Are In, saying they didn't have enough money to pay them and they hadn't received enough funding from the previous fiscal sponsor. It's a lot of messiness. And at the end of all of that, the big name organizations that were funding We Are In are uh, left uh, wondering what they should do next. But they're taking a step back from We Are In. Uh, they don't know if they're going to fund it in 2024. Um, the funders who are on We Are In's board have resigned. Um, and so they're kind of at a crossroads on what to do next uh, in homelessness. So what's the status of We Are In now? I mean, do they still have money? $10 million was raised initially. Is that all spent and gone and the organization is just, you know, furloughed everybody and running on fumes here? I mean, what's the actual status of it? Uh, it's very uncertain. They are, they might have some funding, but a lot of that is already dedicated to commitments they made in the past. Um, you know, they, they're saying they have no money to pay staff. So that kind of gives you a sense of where they're at. Um, there was $10 million pledged, whether they received all of that, uh, unclear. Mm. Um, but uh, of the millions that they did receive, it appears that all of that is either gone and spent or spoken for. So let's talk big picture here, Greg. This was a big tentpole project for the King County Regional Homelessness Authority, the Partnership for Zero, ending homelessness in downtown Seattle, unsheltered homelessness. Now we have this private sector counterpart that was created in order to assist with that effort. We are in both of these the organization and the effort have crumbled, and there's a lot of accusations about mismanagement here. What does this say about the future of how the private sector will be involved with homelessness efforts in our region? I mean, is there a future there? Is it is there going to be some place for the money to go? Obviously, you've written about how 
these big corporations and, you know, billionaires, through the growth of their uh, of their businesses, they have helped to contribute to the housing crisis. But here is an effort to try to alleviate that. And it stumbles. It falls flat on its face. Yeah, Um I think right now with how recent some of these events are, uh, some of them are saying, you know, we don't know yet and it's fair for us not to know yet and give us a little bit of time before we figure out what we're going to do next in homelessness. Um, The philanthropic and corporate sectors are not completely all on the same page on what they're going to do next either. Um, Some, you know, like Amazon are pointing to like they're focusing mostly on uh, addressing the housing crisis um, as, you know, and seeing that as a root cause. And they see like, you know, these efforts to address street level homelessness or uh, direct homelessness services as, you know, m- maybe not unimportant, but secondary to the to the housing issues. Yeah. Treating the symptom instead of the disease. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, you know, but a lot of them will say they're not backing away from homelessness. They, they're saying, uh, you know, a lot of times in the past, you know, philanthropies might have walked away from efforts that got messy. But they're saying in this case, that's not the case. They're, that's what they're saying so far. Um, and they say, you know, maybe we'll fund um, service providers directly. Maybe we'll fund the regional homeless authority directly. Um, but they say uh, they're not walking away, um, but they're not exactly sure where they're going to go next. Greg Kim reports for the Project Homeless team for The Seattle Times. They do incredible accountability reporting following this most vital issue in the region. Greg, thank you very much for being here. Thank you for having me, Libby. Thanks for listening to Soundside. This show is only possible because listeners support us. If you're able to give right now, please check out the show notes for a link to donate. And don't forget, you can listen live on KUOW 94.9 FM Seattle at noon and 8 p.m. Monday through Thursday or anytime online at KUOW.org. Seattle in the 90s. A tidal wave of iconic music roars out of this sleepy city and launches a pop culture revolution. Here's a story you haven't heard. Let the Kids Dance is a new podcast about the rise and fall of Seattle's teen dance ordinance, the law that made it illegal for young people to go to concerts. A story of moral panic, grassroots activism, and an unstoppable music community that fought for its freedom. Listen to Let the Kids Dance from KUOW and the NPR Network.